すらすでに通り過ぎてたあの飛行機を不思議な怖いに覚えてる意味もないのになぜか不甲斐なくて泣いた日の夜にただ強くなりたいと願ってたそのために必要な勇気を探し求めていた Welcome to Frickety Frack. We do talk back. Thank you for joining us in this episode. Hello, my name is Patrick and I'm Frack. Hello, my name is Jeff and I'm Frick. Frickety Frack, We Do Talk Back is a show airing once a week where we will discuss different aspects of fandom and how they relate to the gospel. We are currently going through the first half of the second season of My Hero Academia, connecting lessons from each episode to teachings in the Bible. And just as many of you are, we are also fans of other things as well. So when we finish the second season of My Hero Academia, we'll go in a different direction. And we could be looking at anything ranging from anime, comics, video games, movies, or just anything else、uh, in general that we're fans of. So stick around and、uh, check us out. We did get the name of our show from our father, who dubbed us Frick and Frack since we were kids. All right. So we are on the ninth episode of the second season. And the episode is called Bakugo versus Uraka. Uh, and so this episode、uh, starts with President Mike announcing and、uh, already admitting his bias towards Uraraka.、Uh, Bakugo declares that he won't hold back, so that if she wants to give up, she needs to do it now.、Uh, Deku、uh, explains his plan、uh, for Uraraka to just touch him one time and float him out of bounds.、Uh, and he explains that to Ida.、Uh, Uraraka.、Uh, Attacks him over and over, and with those attacks, debris starts piling up everywhere. And during this, all this fighting, all the explosions, Uruk is getting hit by explosion after explosion.、Um, the crowd turns on Bakugo,、uh, telling him just to send her out of bounds already, uh, uh, saying he, you know, he's just, if he's so much better, just send him out.、Uh, during this time, Aizawa calls out the crowd. Uh, and specifically the pro, the pro heroes, and tells them that Bakugo has recognized Uraraka's worthiness and, and fights at his all. So he should be commended for that. And then Uraraka、uh, says it's time. And during this, she releases a concrete meteor shower on Bakugo. During all this, everyone is impressed by this attack.、Um, and, but Bakugo blasts it away with a single humongous blast. Uh, Uraka tries to stand one more time but collapses from exhaustion. Midnight proclaims Uraka KO'd and Bakugo the winner. Bakugo encounters Deku in the hallway and blames him for the plan that Uraka came up with. But Deku says that the match was difficult because of Uraka's strength and that he had had nothing to do with the plan whatsoever. So Bakugo goes back to join his classmates where Sato and Kaminari. Um, chastise him for going so hard in Uraraka,、uh, but Bakugo acknowledges their strength. Kirishima and Tetsutetsu have an arm wrestling contest with Kirishima,、uh, the winner.、Uh, and with that, the second round is set.、Uh, Uraraka has a conversation with her dad,、uh, and, he incur- and with him trying to encourage her. He tells her that she will make a kind, caring hero one day. And Uh, Deku encounters Endeavor、uh, b- before his fight with Todoroki. And Endeavor says that he,、uh, Todoroki's fight with Deku will be a, a, a setting of 
how much training he'll need left to be able to beat All Might. Uh, and Midoriya brushes him off saying that Todoroki is his own person. And so then the episode ends with Todoroki and Deku getting into the ring to start the fight. All right. So with this episode, this one was very action oriented. It was, you know, especially with the large portion of the episode dealing with the Bakugo and Uraraka fight. Um, so a lot of it, a lot of this episode revolves around them. And then what I, what I love is, um, you know, Bakugo, like, you know, it's like, first of all, Bakugo and his nicknames. That's just, I want to, I want to start with that. Because he called, you know, you know, he again, he doesn't really quite pay attention to his classmates all that much. He forgets their powers, he forgets their names. And, you know, so he calls her, he's like, You're the one that messes with gravity, right? Pink cheeks. And so Araraka's reaction is like, Pink cheeks. Um, and so I just, and I just love that. But what was really cool about the progression in the fight, with especially with Bakugo, you know, knowing what her knowing how her power works and, you know, respecting her, he actually calls her Uraraka in the fight, you know? So that's something that, you know, is again, these, these subtle little things and then, you know, maybe I'm overanalyzing, um, but it just, it seems appropriate that he's, you know, he's recognizing her ability, like she's been giving him this hard time. And so instead of just, you know, calling her whatever he calls other people he calls her uraka you know out of out of respect and so to me like when you know that's just one of the things that i just absolutely uh one of my favorite parts of this entire the episode first of all just calling her pink cheeks it's like pink cheeks uh, yeah it's his it's always fascinating with with what he does and I, I'm, I just Clifford Chapin, the the English voice actor, does a really great job. Um, and unfortunately, I don't know who the Japanese voice actor. Both of them do great jobs uh, in voicing these characters and giving them the growl and the grit that Bakugo um, is supposed to have. Uh, and it's just very impressive to me. Uh, and so I, I kind of mentioned this before in the synopsis, but Aizawa was a big hero in this episode because even present Mike is, you know, against Bakugo at this point uh, because he's like, he's just being a bull. Like everyone starts calling him a bully, in which he is. Bakugo is a bully, uh, but he's or like he's already started to grow in this. Uh, sports festival already seeing how and, and and so far in the class as well because he we look at the combat training that they had with all might in the first season where he realized that if um, Deku hits him uh, full on with a hundred percent of a punch he wouldn't be able to stop it because of how powerful it is and then Todoroki is a challenge as well because he you know, in five seconds, what was like five seconds, he he won his combat training. And Bakugo was like, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to stop that. Um, and so, anyway, so it's just, 
anyway, so all that to say, you know, Bakugo has grown since then. You know, he's that warrior, uh, hero kind of person. And Aizawa's like, eh, you know, the, everyone in the crowd turns on him on Bakugo. Aizawa stands up for him. And he's like, listen, he's fighting as hard as he is because he recognizes her strength. He's honoring her in this fight. That's that's really kind of important. I mean, he, you know, he, I mean, he doesn't use those words per se, but that's the sentiment he's he's passing along. You know, he, you know, Bakugo earnestly re- respects Uraraka because he, or he, he respects anyone who's willing to step in the ring with him. He's not mm-hmm. going to, um, you know, if someone's going to fight him, he's going to fight them. But if they don't, if they walk away, then he, then they're extras to him. He doesn't care. Um, but if you're going to get in the ring, you're going to get Bakugo. He's not going to cheap you out in the fight. Um, and that's um, an important thing that Aizawa has already recognized in this, uh, in Bakugo. And so all of this was uh, leading to, this is an important moment for Bakugo because this plants a seed for his future stories. Um, uh, and, and how he's perceived by others and what that mm-hmm. does for his stories. We're not, I'm not going to get into it just yet because it's, it's going to be kind of a shocker and things like, Oh, it's the, although it's not going to be that surprising when you get to the episodes, you're kind of like, yeah, why isn't this happened sooner <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but it's, it's an important thing to, um, understand. Uh, and so the other thing for me is that Bakugo needed this fight with Uraraka to recognize that there are other strong competitors other than Deku and Todoroki. Like everyone else was beneath him except for really Todoroki, but he wants to crush Deku because he still feels insulted by him. And so this was really kind of important in this fight for him to realize that there are others that actually matter. Yeah. And I, and I particularly really liked the conversation that, you know, Deku and uh, the Midoriya and, and Bakugo had, you know, cause Bakugo, like he recognizes like Midoriya spends time with Uraraka is like, was that is like, was the reason, and it's gonna, I love that. Like, he, he asked, he was like, Was the reason this fight was so annoying and so challenging? Was it because you told her to do this? Because, again, like, his first, like, his be like what Bakugo has recognized with Midoriya is that Midoriya is very analytical, he analyzes his opponents, he analyzes other heroes. And so, what was even cool in this fight. Is that you know Midori? You know it's like as the fight begins, Midori was even saying Bakugo always likes to lead with a uh, right hook. Bakugo didn't lead with lead with a right hook in this fight, um, and so it's yeah. yeah Midori shouldn't have told him that in the combat training. He's like, yeah, you always lead with a right hook. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so. But again, but that's Midoriya and his, like, he wants everybody to be their best. And so, um, but yeah, so, but the other thing too is just like, it makes sense now, but like when you're first watching Uraraka fight, she's always like, and now here I am. It's like, she keeps announcing, it's like, why? You've got some, you've got some, (laughs) 
you know, you've got some cover here. Use it to your advantage. He doesn't know exactly where you are. But anyways, but it, but again, it's also anime, you know, saying it's just like people talk a little bit more than they actually would in a fight. But but well, anyways, I, I, I really like I think part of it was that his reflexes were just so fast that she knew that even if she did sneak up on him, he he would still be able to deflect her like she had she knew she had to, you know, do the fight the way she did. Right. Yeah. And but again, that's like after the fact, that's what makes sense is that she was intentionally wanting her to continue to keep blasting at her so she can he can make she can make as get as much debris as possible. But I love the conversation that you know, like Midoriya says, like I you know, like I love that. He's like, I had nothing to do with that plan. If that if that fight was more and I love and I love the wording, if that fight was more difficult than you were expecting, it's because her of her strength. And so, and he's like, it had nothing to do with me. And so, and then I loved afterwards when, you know, when he's done with the fight and everybody's getting, you know, it's like, and I, and I love that he puts Kaminari in his place a little bit, or like even his, like, not just Kaminari, but his fellow classmates in general, he puts them in his place. It's like, you know, basically telling him, it's like, shut up. It's like, I'm, you know they they told us like why why would you go that hard against a frail girl and he's just like and then basically says like there's it's like there's nothing frail about her um and we had a great so, sue moment too where she calls out kaminari so like no you she's like oh i went i went easy on mine and she's like no she completely overpowered you and demolished you <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and so that's just the thing too that it's like when it comes down to it it's like that's what needs to you know be you know it's like when you're when you're competing like that it you know it's like the way that bakugo treated Uraraka was was actually it it's hard to believe that sometimes with especially when when you take into account his power and the level of of, of his power it's um it, it's it's scary and then on top of it too his attitude's not that great um you know overall he has a bad reputation and so when he the fact that he still went all out on her and um shows that he had nothing but respect for her. so it's again it's very admirable and I, and like you're saying too with aizawa i absolutely love that aizawa like you know called out the pro hero and basically said like if you're a pro hero you need to retire if that's genuinely how you feel because the fact that he looks at his opponent recognizes his opponent's strength and goes all out it doesn't matter that she's a female um because it's like if you're a pro hero and you're going up against a female villain are you going to go easy on her um be, just because she's a female it's like no if you're if you're looking to arrest her and stop her then you're going to need to you know recognize her power um because if you don't you're probably going to lose you know you like you or you won't be that great of a hero so and I, I just and i love that it's like and i love that um and to me too like the the thing that kind of got hard you know a little bit you know a little emotional for me uh, in this fight was just Uraraka's attitude throughout all of this episode. You know, this, this was a great character episode for both Uraraka and Bakugo. Um, and so when you see like Uraraka, just like 
trying to be like the heroes that she admires and you know and be and how much she admires deku and it's like deku would keep fighting so i'm gonna keep fighting but she fought her she fought to the point of exhaustion and she couldn't fight anymore she couldn't stand anymore so she's going to crawl so she's going to crawl to bakugo and but even doesn't stop and and she keeps crawling until she passes out um and then her conversation with her dad you know and just like how hard that is for her because she looks at that as a failure and you know her dad was great and it's just like honey this is your first year you know so you've still got plenty of time don't be in a rush like that's the thing too that like i always feel bad like i've known i've known people that have grown up that they didn't really get a childhood like they you know their parents were irresponsible so they were raising their younger siblings and so they were like the mom or the dad of the, of their family. And so it's like, I always feel bad for those kids because they didn't get a chance to just be, you know, to, to be the kid and be the irresponsible one because their parents were irresponsible. Yeah. And so what I loved about him, you know, her, her Raka's dad talking to her was just like, don't be in a rush, you know, continue to train, get better. You, there's all you know it's like you've got next year as well you've got second year you've got third year to do the the sports festival and and then on top of it too they're like that was very you know it's just like that was a very very impressive fight on her part where no nobody would really expect her to compete as well as she did and she did phenomenal she did a phenomenal job in the fight the part of the problem that you know, that we all have to recognize is that there are better people out there than you in, in certain things, you know, there's very rarely are you ever the best person at something that the best at something. And so the, the recognition that somebody is better than you is not a, a weakness. It's a, okay, he's better than me. What do I need to do to get better than this person? So that, cause that's, that's where I, I feel like our society met, you know, messes up sometimes. Now, Pat, you might disagree or agree with me on that or not. I don't, I, I don't know, but like for me, recognizing somebody's better than you isn't a, isn't a flaw. It's, it's a strength as long as you don't leave it as, Oh, well, they're better than me. And there's nothing I can ever do about that. Wrong. You yeah. can get better. You can train, you can learn, you can grow and you can be better. Um, or, or worse yet, that there's like, oh, okay, well, you need to um, hold back or do some of my work to make me better, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. I, I mean, the, uh, gosh, there's, a, I mean, there's a, there's a difference between like, and again, like what you're saying is like, there's a difference between helping somebody. And helping them, you know, training them, helping them get better. There's a, there's a difference from that than being like, well, in order to make me better, you need to do my work. No, no, no. Yeah. That doesn't make you better. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, that's, you know, that's what I, I mean, I see that kind of attitude where it's like, it's not, you know, it's not fair that you're better than me. Um, you know, it was like, I want my turn to score a basket or stuff like that. Well, like, no, I mean, unless you're four, that's not the way this should work. <laughs> right. Um, when you're like learning the fundamentals, like my, you know, my son has played T-ball. My do- my oldest daughter has played T-ball 
And basically they do, they get a turn at bat, they go to the base, then, you know, they eventually get home. And I mean, that's it. Uh, I mean, but they're four or five years old learning how to play. And I'm okay with that. Um, I mean, you get a little bit older, you got to stop. You got to, no more orange slices. Uh, So one of the things that really got me in this episode as well, just with the Uraraka part was the conversation with the Uraraka and her dad. And I could totally see one of my kids having that conversation. It was like, daddy, I, I tried to win the whatever tournament so we could go to Disney world or something like that. Um, you know, so, you know, anything like that, where they'll be like, oh, I tried to win us money. Um, and I'm like, like, I appreciate it, but you know, that's not your job. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, I mean, we really do appreciate the, the gumption and the drive and everything is like, but we'll be fine. Um, to, but you know, it got me. And then the conversation, I mean, the things that his, the dad was saying to Uraraka, I mean, that's exactly the same kind of thing I'd say to my kid after they just lost. But, and the bigger thing for me, I, I want my kids to know and do is just to do their best, like put in the, the time and practice and then, you know, whatever comes about is what comes about. Um, you know, one of my, my kids, they had spelling tests and math tests and things like that in school. And they would come home really upset when they didn't get 100. And I, I would ask them, I was like, well, I was like, well what, what grade did you get? They're like, 94. I'm like, it's still an A. <laughs> I'm like, what's the problem? So it's not a hundred. I was like, okay, well, did you put in the work? I'm like, yes. Did you study? Yes. Try your hardest on the test? Yes. I'm like, I mean, honey, then I'm proud of you. I mean, you could come, they could tell me what they got to see on the, uh, on this test. And I'll be like, okay, well, did you try hardest this time? Like, yeah. I was like, okay, well, what do we need to learn to improve from there? Um, yeah. And so, like, that happened one time with Darcy with her spelling test. She got um, a C on a spelling test, but it was because it was a whole thing. Um, and, it really, and it really wasn't her fault. Actually, the fact that she did as well as she did is impressive. Um but anyway, but that's one of the things we had to emphasize to her over and over again. Just like, honey, you tried your best. That's all we can ask for. We're not expecting yeah. you to be valid Victorian. You know, I mean, if you are, kudos. Um, but we'll yeah. we'll be happy if you graduate. <laughs> right. So we get you out of the house. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but okay, yeah. Seriously, get out of the house. Seriously, uh, why don't you have a job yet? Uh, uh, no, but uh, so, and I and I go through the same thing when I coach. Um, you know, this, this actually happened at our, uh, for swim meet for our high school swim meet or for regionals. Um, one of my kids was, um, a little down in the dumps because they didn't swim real well at regionals they didn't swim as well as they did at regionals as they did at districts. And, you know, so they're just a little down and there is, there's also their senior year. And so I was just talking to him. It was just like, just kind of noticed that they were a little down. And as I was kind of talking to him, was like, what's up? What, what's going on? 
and they said it's like they, they didn't really say anything and you know it's just kind of like you know i kind of figured that it might have had to do with their performance or whatever and it's like you know so i just told them it's like you know it's like did you swim as hard as you could because their event was the 100 breaststroke and it's like and so you know this the swimmer they did um you know and they didn't swim as fast as they swam in districts and so you know and it's asked them like what did you swim as hard as you could and they said yeah it's like well then you have nothing to be ashamed of you you put all the effort you did the best you could and you swam as best you could and you're just you're not always going to drop time that's just that's one of the things that's really hard about these sports that are you know like track and field and, and swimming and sort of things where you're not going to get the same outcome every time like it's and you're not always going to drop time every time it's just it's that's really hard to do and all we can ask as a coach from our competitors is like well did you try your hardest because you know it's like then we because if you didn't then we need to have a different conversation um as a competitor if you didn't try your hardest then we have you there's another issue uh, but if you tried your hardest and and you did what you did then it then that's all there is to it it's that's you know that's what it is um so like it, it's it can be hard to live with those kind of results and but it's just as long as you did what as best you could, then that's all we could ask for. Yeah, I remember when you know our senior year, and I had um, I swam a fifty-five point nine in the hundred butterfly, and I was eighth place in our district. I was in the top twenty in the state. I think I was I think I was literally like nineteenth or twentieth ranked. Um, but I wasn't able to swim in the state swim meet because I finished eighth. Um, you know, that was extremely frustrating. Um, yeah. but anywho, well, those are, yeah, those are the rules that they're a little different now, but uh, yeah. <sighs> anyway. Um, so for the biblical theme, we chose, um, second Timothy chapter four, verse seven through eight. And this is what it says. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. And that's the, this is the NIV translation of the scriptures. Uh, we have been wanting to, we just, we have been wanting to use this scripture forever during the sports festival but we're when we were planning out the episodes planning out the scriptures when we came across this one we we're like oh this is the uraraka bakugo fight scripture yep sure so we've had this one since almost the beginning of the season of the season um, yeah. for this and and the thing is too is that this this particular verse would would be is incredibly applicable to you know in all honesty this is probably the verse uh, that encompasses the entire first half of the season. Um, this this section of season two is probably the this is the uh, like all encompassing. It can work for just about any episode. Um, so and again, and we but we knew this especially like because again we've watched the series before. We're very familiar with the show. It's like this is going to be perfect for Rocco 
when Uraka and Bakugo fight in the round robin tournament. And so, and, and, and again, it's just, it's, you just see, you know, it's like when you're thinking about, when you watch this episode and you think about Uraka's earnestness and her, just her strive to just do as best she can. And, and, and she put up such a great, a great fight against a very capable opponent and, you know, and just, and ultimately proving her worthiness as a hero, uh, you know, so it's so important for us to recognize when it comes to our faith, when it comes to our, our daily life of the things that we're trying to set out and accomplish, you're going to face obstacles in all that you do. Uh, I don't think I've met a single person that has never had an had an obstacle that they've had to overcome of some kind, um, whether it's self-inflicted obstacles or just obstacles of your environment. Um, there's going to be something that's going to come up and going to cause you issues, and, but it is up to you to be able to recognize you have to you have to continue on. You have to put up that good fight. And if you keep your, and if you keep the faith, knowing that on the other side of it, God is there waiting for you. And so that's just something that's so important. It's, and something that Uraka, she's, she, hopefully she learned a little bit in this episode. Um, again, these are like 15 year old, 14, 15 year old kids. So the idea that they're going to, they only had to do this once and learn this lesson. You know, I don't suspect that she, she has fully learned it, but she's getting there. And especially with like the conversation that she has with her father that, you know, don't worry about them, you know, just continue to, to grow, continue to get better. And then you, and then like she, then like his dad said, like her dad says, you're going to, I know you're going to be a caring and kind hero continue to grow into that. And so she's going to be a great hero. I have no doubt about that with Uraraka, that she will be a great hero. Um, and so it's just something that, um, you know, we just, we need to remember is that just because we, we come into obstacles doesn't mean that we should stop, continue on with the fight. And especially knowing that, that heaven is on, on, on that other side. You know, so, something for you know us as Christians to to follow. You know, and Jeff, you know, you put it very well. You know, life is not easy, um, and it is hard. And being a Christian makes it harder, and uh, because there's expectations involved. Uh, being a Christian, there's God's expectations, our own expectations, expectations of our community. Uh, and everything. So it's one of those things that, you know, we have to really kind of, you know, think about that life, life will be harder as a Christian. And uh, I don't know about that. Sort of, it's, sort of. It's, 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 it, it is, but it isn't. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those weird paradoxes of life um, kind of thing. And uh, so anyway, so, you know, the thing is that you know life will be hard but we're able to rely on christ to get us through those things so that kind of makes things easier but anyways it's that's not what i wanted to get into what i'm saying is that life is hard 
in general and knowing that we are uh, following the path that God has laid before us, just as we, you know, we, we look at that scripture from second Timothy, you know, we fought the good fight. We finished the race. We have kept the faith, you know, just looking at verse seven itself, will someone say this about you? That's a, that's one of the things that I love about Paul's statements and, and phrases in scriptures. There's, there's lots of that that you can do this with, you know, there's the, there's the love passage. Um, you know, love is patient, love is kind, yada, yada, yada. And someone, you know, someone always gives the advice, put that of your loved one in there. And if that, you know, works for, if you can say that's their name, like, you know, Patrick is kind, Patrick is patient, Patrick doesn't boast, those kind of things, then that's someone worthy of love and those kind of things. That kind of simplifies it, but, you know, but this is one of those things. Will someone say this about you when your time comes or when, you, when you've finished the week, you know, just even your regular week of work and life and living with kids or um, going to school, those kind of things. Well, they say, you know what? Patrick really fought the good fight this week. He finished the race. He kept the faith. Will, will they say that about you this week? Just And then, like you know, like, oh, I don't know if I can do a whole week of good fighting. Try a day. Try a day. See what a day is like for you. If, if, if you were able to fight the good fight for Jesus Christ, you finished the race hard at the end of the day, and you kept the faith for one day. See what kind of happens with that. And see if, if that's what, you know, people will see that in you. And then work into doing a full week of living into fighting for Jesus Christ, fighting for the gospel. Um, and then as you practice that more and more, you get into a lifetime of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And, and this path of heroes and, and professional heroes at that is a really great mirror for what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, because they, you know, the, now granted, I mean, it's, it's different, but there's, there's some very good parallels for us to follow that the best heroes, I mean, they live this being a hero, saving lives, being there for the people. And uh, as we get further into uh, the show, uh, we'll be able to see more of this come into play, especially once um, some really cool things happen, such as internships and sidekicks and licenses and things like that. Uh, we'll be able to see some really cool things about what it means to be a pro hero and what it does for everyone. Um, and so it's the same way for us as Christians. We are, you know, called to do, um, you know, called to, to do things. We're called to minister and to be mission oriented uh, in some way or fashion. And we have to live that as a Christian's lifestyle, as these students are learning what it means to live in the hero lifestyle. So Jeff Frick, 
what would you rate this episode? Uh, this is one of my favorite episodes in the entire series. And um, so I don't think I've given this rating yet for an episode of My Hero Academia, but I'm going to give it a 4.75. Um, it's just, it's really, there's not, there's not a whole lot. Actually, you know what? Take it back. I'm going to give it a five. Uh, there isn't, um, really in all honesty, I don't really feel like there's anything missing from this episode. It's got great action. Uh, it has great character moments. Um, it's got good comedy. Uh, although it's not as it's not as heavy with comedy in this, but there's um, it's just it's it's one of the best episodes in the series without doubt without a doubt in my opinion. Um, I'm gonna give this is uh, this this is a five. I would give it a five, but Deku cries. But it's but. So I'm going to give it a 4.75. I'm not going to knock it a whole half a point. Um, and I just can't deal with crying. Um, it's not bad. It's not like gross, yucky crying that he's done in the past. And and so I'm going to only deduct it 0.25 points. And so it's a 4.75 uh, for me. Um, just like you said, I mean, there's great action. The character moments are great. The subtle and the subtle character moments, like, you know, you did a great job pointing out, you know, how Bakugo ends up calling her Uraraka at some point. And that is this great little moment where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, Bakugo has recognized her as a worthy opponent. I mean, that's great. Um, and the comedy is really good. Like, you know, Aizawa elbowing present Mike with his broken arm um in the face to get him to stop talking nonsense about getting that Bakugo should stop fighting or something like that you know it's just funny and then get you know um uh that oh I forgot this there's we didn't mention this but there's this really great comedy moment with Ida that um Tokoyami says something very wise and and everyone is like oh yeah that kind of makes sense and then Ida goes stark white like anime characters do he's like oh He's so wise. And I'm just <laughs> like, that's hilarious. <laughs> so there's great moments. This is, um, if Deku didn't cry, it would have been a perfect episode um, uh, for me. So, but he cried, automatic deduction. It doesn't matter. Um, if you can't tell, I'm rolling my eyes at him. Yeah. So it's fine. Uh, Listen, so anyway, it is. This is a subjective rating that does not matter. <laughs> Listen, I didn't roll my eyes at you when you gave episode sixes. Okay, so you can, you can be. When have I given that? You I haven't given a, any. My I haven't given my Hero Academia six. I'm I may sure you have not my Hero Academia. No, I oh, have just Kingdom, I, I've Kim, just Kingdom Come. Okay, well, you still gave them sixes, so... 
yeah, talking about how great they were. This was a great episode, and you're gonna knock it for. And he's not even full outcry, and it was it was a legit man tear. Okay, you know, it's like so he's pushing the tears the, to the side. Thus, the point two five deduction, not the point five that it normally is. So, yeah, okay. Okay, anyone out there with questions for us about any of the biblical lessons that we've talked about today or in any of our episodes in general or any if you want to have us have topics, discussions with us for anything, anime, comics, anything, uh, that you uh, just feel free to email us at talkback at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at FricketyF or at FricketyFrack on Instagram and Facebook. Remember... This is very important. Remember that God loves you and that we love you. And to always go beyond plus ultra. Talk, I get talk, I get a